Blog Talk Radio. one and all, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show, the program for everyone who loves animals. I'm Marie Hewlett, and this morning, a week after the 10th anniversary of 9-11, Dr. Robin Gansert, the President and CEO of the American Humane Association, will be sharing some wonderful stories about the search and rescue dogs that spent days and weeks looking for victims, and a few new extraordinary canines from today that can truly be called heroes. A little later this morning, Manu Rabar from Kitten Rescue will be putting out the call for all cat-loving marathon runners to join a special team that is forming for this year's Los Angeles Marathon that will help more kitties find great homes. This is going to be a fast-paced episode, so stay right where you are and we'll get started after a very quick station message here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and I am honored to introduce our first guest of the day. It's Dr. Robin Gansert, the President and CEO of the American Humane Association. Welcome to the Pet Place, Dr. Gansert. Oh, thank you, Marie. Glad to be here today. Well, I'm so happy to be talking with you. I understand you were recently in New York for the celebration, I guess we would call it, or the anniversary of the 9-11 incident, and you were there with respect to the animals. We sure were. American Humane Association hosted a a 10-year anniversary tribute to the hero dogs of 9-11. It was really a a wonderful evening to remember those four-footed heroes who were They're at the World Trade Center site searching for survivors and, of course, those wonderful animal-assisted therapy dogs who were there with the survivors' families and trying to comfort them in their time of need. I had not even considered the fact that there were therapy dogs involved in that. Do you have any stories that you could share? Oh, I sure, sure do. One is one of my favorites, and this is about uh, the story of Fidel. And Fidel is a little Pomeranian. So, you know, if you can imagine the power of this little Pomeranian <laughs> in healing people's lives, Rachel McPherson is a, is a good friend of mine, and she's the CEO of the Good Dog Foundation in New York City. Okay. And what Rachel did right after 9-11 is she reached out to the city and said, I want to help provide animal-assisted therapy to the survivors' families. And there was a program launched where the survivors' families who were going to, uh, to the Staten Island site to pay tribute and have a special time of you know, memorial to their lost loved ones, mm-hmm. that they would bring an animal-assisted therapy dog on each and every ferry ride. Those ferry rides were all absolutely private out of respect for the families. Sure. So it was just the family members and often Rachel and many times Fidel traveled. And one day Rachel said this one man who had been so, so strong after the loss of one of his children in the World Trade Center, he'd been strong for the entire family, 
hadn't broken down. He gets over to the site. He steps over to a private place and asks for Fidel. Fidel goes over to him, and Rachel steps aside, and he just broke down in tears. It was his first time to officially grieve his lost child, his lost son. So this was one example uh, of how Fidel was able to, you know, bring uh, an opportunity for comfort and allow this man, this proud father, to grieve in uh, in a sense of of, of privacy as well. And uh, Fidel was there to comfort him, and that was just one example of many of those therapy dogs who were utilized with the with the survivors' families to help them heal in that horrible, horrible time wow. after 9/11. That is quite something, and and I know a lot of people think about all the actual search and rescue dogs that were out there, and they don't consider the fact that there were therapy dogs too. Just like myself, I had no clue, and I know that you have so many more stories. But let's touch on one of your favorite stories of search and rescue too. Oh well, I'd love to touch about talk, uh, touch a base about search and rescue dogs and and our work. Well, at nine eleven, by the way, American Humane Association went there as a first responder for animal welfare. American Humane Association's Red Star Animal Emergency Services Program pulled uh, into the uh, into the New York area, parked near the search and rescue dogs command post, and provided 24-hour emergency veterinary care, and also provided an opportunity to uh, decontaminate those dogs, those mm-hmm. proud search and rescue dogs who were coming off of duty, decontaminate them and remove that horrible toxic debris that was on those dogs. So American Humane Association and our Red Star program, which has been around for almost 100 years, rescuing animals and providing care for animals, were actually able to respond to 9-11 and those special, unique needs of those search and rescue dogs uh, coming off of that uh, that debris. That must have been quite something. I can't even imagine what it would have been like. As you think about it, is there any particular dog that stands out in your memory? Well, I want to tell you, what, what, there's so many dogs and so many that we will honor in our Hero Dog Awards Gala in Los Angeles, which I want to talk to you about. But one dog in particular was Sirius, who lost his life. Uh, he was a Port Authority dog. He lost his life uh, when uh, his um, his partner, Lieutenant David Lim, uh, went to respond uh, to the World Trade Center, went up, uh, was called as soon as it uh, occurred, the first plane, mm-hmm. and he left his dog Sirius because Sirius's role was a, uh, a bomb detection dog. And he said, "This, you know, Sirius, I have to leave you here. You'll be safer here. Okay. And that's where one of the towers fell and uh, Sirius died. Oh. Uh, Sirius is such a great example of a hero dog. He lived every day to protect uh, those tenants of the World Trade Center towers, the visitors, detecting bombs, and really trying to do uh, all that he could do to save lives. That's and he amazing. died that day in the attack. Wow. Uh, it's it's hard to even think back about this these things. It's making, <laughs> it's making it I'm difficult for me to even talk. But well, I know you mentioned that you have a very special tribute coming up. Let's talk about that. Uh, this is a great way to to segue into something yes. very positive and a time for us to celebrate and honor. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Well, I will tell you, you know, we know thousands of years 
wonderful dogs have uh, protected us. They've comforted us, and you know, and they've given us uh, really unconditional love. And at American Humane Association, we think it's time to repay that favor and really uh, give them uh, a, a, their night of their own. So we are uh, sponsoring the first ever American Humane Association Hero Dog Awards which is being presented by Caesar Canine Cuisine, and it's an ambitious new effort to uh, identify and celebrate that wonderful age-old bond between people and animals. Wonderful. And to give recognition to our best friends who are heroes every day. And I will tell you, America has responded. We had a national campaign. Mm-hmm. Over 500 dogs were nominated in law enforcement dogs, service dogs, therapy dogs, military dogs. Wow. Guide dogs. How did you narrow it down? Well, Americans voted, and oh, they selected okay. eight finalists. In fact, we had almost a half a million votes. Oh, that's amazing. I know, <laughs> I know. And what we love about this is the eight finalists will be celebrated in Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, at our uh, wonderful star-studded gala event on October 1, where we'll have tons of paparazzi. Uh-huh. And uh, and celebrity judges will be there, and the celebrity judges and Americans from across this great country will be able to vote. And the finalists, the American Hero Dog, our top dog, mm-hmm. will be announced. And so we're thrilled. Oh, Absolutely that thrilled. sounds so exciting. Where where can our listeners find out more information about the event? Oh, this is great. And you can read more stories, touching stories, about these Hero Dogs at HeroDogAwards.org. And, of course, you can go to AmericanHumane.org to look for more stories about Hero Dogs and also get your tickets to attend. Okay, that sounds like lots of fun. Let's give that website one more time just in case our, our listeners didn't have their pen and paper ready. Wonderful. Well, to get your tickets to Hero Dog Awards, it's www.AmericanHumane.org. Dot org, And to read those touching stories about those hero dogs, mm-hmm. uh, you can go to www.herodogawards.org. Excellent. I understand you have a, a very, very famous dog associated with the American Humane Association. <laughs> and uh, I know he was one of my dad's favorite uh, movie star dogs back in the old days. Can you talk a little bit about Rin Tin Tin? Rin Tin Tin is our new national spokes dog, and actually Rin Tin Tin helped American Humane ring the closing stock exchange bell on September 7th, and the market was up 275 points. (laughs) (laughs) So I believe firmly that American Humane Association and our spokes dog, we need to close the stock market more often. There you go. So, so this is this Rin Tin Tin obviously isn't uh, the original Rin Tin Tin, but um, how how did he get his name? What's his what's his story? What's his story? Well, he is twelfth in line to the original Rin Tin Tin, which oh, was, okay. as you know, found on the battlefields of World War One by uh, Corporal Lee Duncan. And he was brought over to this country and uh, started to appear in movies, and he's famously known uh, as the dog that saved Hollywood because his movies uh, were so popular. Mm-hmm. And in the early 1920s, he was the number one star in, in Hollywood. And as we look back and see some of those stories, it's great to, to see how Americans, you know, goodness, 90, over, over 90 years ago embraced this dog's special story of being 
found once again in war, rescued, given a second chance, mm-hmm. and then turned into a Hollywood star. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's about giving dogs a second chance. So for those listeners on, on your phone, if they can go and give a dog a second chance, who knows? You might be adopting uh, Hollywood's next greatest star. There you go. And we recently talked about how to break your dog into Hollywood. Also, we had a great <laughs> great guest on who was uh, an agent for animals. Oh, wonderful. So here's the connection. Rin Tin Tin. That's so cool. Dr. Gamzer, you and the American Humane Association do such wonderful work, and I wish you great success with all the events and activities that you have planned. So thanks so much for coming to the Pet Place today. Thank you so much for having me. Hope to see you at Hero Dogs. Oh, definitely. It's break time here on the Pet Place Radio Show, but don't go away. We'll be back with Manu Rabar and a special appeal to marathon runners who have a soft spot for kitties. So stay tuned to AM 1260 for more pet-related talk. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewlett, and joining us now is marathon runner and kitten rescue volunteer, Minu Rabar. Welcome to the Pet Place, Minu. Thank you, Marie. I'm happy to be here. Hey, so you are a runner. Well, kind of I sort of? you could call me that. Last year was my first, actually the 2011 LA Marathon was my very first marathon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Had so, you been running prior to that, just recreationally? Um, No, to be honest, wow. I'm, I'm probably <laughs> one of the least athletic people you would meet. <laughs> um, and you thought, I'm just going to run a marathon. <laughs> you know, um, I've always, like, I'm sure I'm not the only person in this situation where I've always wanted to become fit, I always thought, how wonderful would it be to be in really good shape? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't one of the types who could motivate myself to go to the gym. Uh-huh. So I thought, what a better, what, why not have a goal in mind? What better than that? Uh-huh. So I started walking, and I actually have had a knee problem for years, so oh. I, I started the whole training by walking, and okay. I ended up doing what they call a walk run in the marathon itself, where you run parts of it, walk parts of it. Okay. Yeah. And but that's that still g- 26 miles, so I am very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> right, thank you. And you had so much fun, you're doing it again. I am, and you know, I have to say, for anybody out there who has even contemplated it, it is such a rewarding, amazing experience. I bet. It actually transforms your whole life because you reach a level of physical fitness that brings with it a great deal of psychological and mental benefits. I mean, you just feel so good all the time as a result of having reached that level. So I just highly recommend it to everybody. Definitely. And this year you're adding something special to the whole marathon experience. Uh, You're combining it with... Something else that's very near and dear to your heart, Kitten Rescue. Definitely, yes. Tell me a little bit about Kitten Rescue and how you became involved with that. Sure. Um, Well, Kitten Rescue is a group that was founded in 1997 by one single woman by the name of Sue Romaine who uh, felt passionate in trying to help some of the kittens who she saw at the shelter who were going to be put down. And I, as I'm sure all your listeners know, we do have a very high kill rate in 
Los Angeles, unfortunately, because of the pet overpopulation problem. Mm-hmm. So there's a great need for rescue groups and, and no-kill organizations to try to save whoever they can. So Kitten Rescue started out with this one person's effort and has now become one of the largest and most well-respected cat rescue groups in all of Los Angeles. Wow, that's impressive. How, yes. ma- how many pets do you think, roughly, uh, since it began, has Kitten Rescue saved? Well, actually, since we began in 1997, we have placed over 10,000 animals into homes. That is phenomenal. Congratulations. Thank you. And and we do place roughly about 1,000 cats and about 25 dogs each year. Oh, so you do help a few dogs here and we there. We do, right. <laughs> we can't say no if, if we're out there and, and we do find it. If our volunteers find a dog, they will also help the dogs. But um, the majority of the animals we help are cats. I think um, the Dogs are a very smaller percentage, but mm-hmm. we do have a new program called KR, meaning Kitten Rescue, KR Canines. Ah, so, okay. so we're definitely helping dogs where we can as well. Wonderful. Now, the name Kitten Rescue is a little bit of a misnomer because you do also help the adult cats. Definitely. That's wonderful because yes. I, I know that the kittens always have probably a higher likelihood of getting adopted because kittens are so cute and that's what people want when they go to shelters and the older cats are often overlooked, which is very heartbreaking. No, it's very much so. And, in fact, the majority of the the cats in our care are adults. The name came about when Sue Romaine did start the organization and was at the shelter, and it was the kittens at that time who were going to be put down because they had come in unweaned, who she Mm -hmm. had pulled from the shelter to save them. So the name sort of stuck. <laughs> and we call all animals by their little cutesy names, right. like kittens and puppies, even if they're 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> they are all precious. That's right. And so to help out these kittens, you have become an officially sanctioned charity of the Los Angeles Marathon, right? We have, yes. What happened is that after I completed the marathon in 2011, um, I felt inspired to get the whole group involved. I had myself unofficially uh, raised money through my friends and family and and gathered $5,300 for Kitten Rescue. Mm -hmm. So I thought to myself, hey, if I could do this as one person, what would happen if we had a whole team of animal lovers involved and I just thought of the amount of money that we could save and as you know for most rescue groups uh, financial resources are very hard to come by Mm -hmm. and we do have a lot of expenses a lot of veterinary expenses a lot of medical expenses for the animals we take in so you're recruiting people then to join team kitten rescue for the marathon we are what we did was when we applied became an official charity of the uh, 2012 honda la marathon and now we're looking for animal lovers to come and join our team and to be part of our very first year as an official charity We think it's going to be a really exciting experience, and we're hoping to raise a lot of money to save a lot of homeless animals who would otherwise not have a chance. Oh, that is so cool. Are you going to have any group training together so that you can give people tips on what to do and what shoes to get and 
what, how much water to drink and all that good stuff. Right. Well, what we have had and we're going to continue to have is we are going to have group gatherings. We're going to have parties. We're going to have meet and greets where everybody is going to be given all the information they need. Um, in terms of the training, uh, people are seem to be living in all different parts of Los Angeles mm-hmm. City. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, people are generally going to be training on their own, but but we are encouraging them to join in various training programs. The one that I'm in and that I really like is the Los Angeles Roadrunners program, which does have uh, three different locations in L.A., uh, Venice, Inland Empire, and Westlake Village. Okay. So that's, that's really good to know then because I know it's important to know a little bit about what you're getting into before you get into it, and it's important to have good shoes. How were your feet, by the way, after you finished the marathon? They were okay. I was sore for, you know, a couple days, but, but a good kind of sore, the kind that you feel when you've exercised a lot. And and to be honest, what you pointed out, the shoes is probably one of the most important things for everybody um, is to make sure they go to a running store and get the proper shoes. That makes a big difference. And if you recall, I said I did have a knee problem. I had had knee surgery um, and Prior to training for the marathon, I would have trouble even walking half a mile. My knee would start hurting. Mm-hmm. But because I got the right equipment and because I went through a training program where I was told what to do, what not to do, I have absolutely no knee pain now. So it really does strengthen all your muscles. And if you have the right equipment, it really does, uh, it, it really does do wonders for your body. That's great. Yes. So if somebody's out there listening right now and, and they're thinking, this is exactly what I want to do, how can they join the team? Well, what I would say to them is if they can go to our website, which is kittenrescue.org, and they can click on the L.A. Marathon banner, which will be on our homepage, that will take them through the steps that they need to follow to become a team member. And we're looking for anybody out there who is an animal lover who feels passionate about trying to save the animals by doing something really fun and exciting for themselves as well. So okay. I would welcome and encourage everybody to come and be a part of this experience with us. Once somebody's actually joined the team, how do they go about fundraising? Uh, there's a few ways. There's the old-fashioned way of just calling and emailing friends and family. Mm-hmm. But we're also going to have a lot of very fun contests starting in October where, for example, we're going to have prizes um, that are going to be available to the, a certain number of people who were to make donations. As an example, the litter company, Sweet Scoop, who you may be familiar with, they make really great premium quality litter. Mm-hmm. They've donated a year's supply of litter for 10 people. So that's going to be one of the prizes, and we're going to say whoever donates X amount in the next 48 hours will be eligible uh, to be in a, in a drawing to win that. So we're going to have lots of prizes, and people can send the emails out to everybody they know and say, hey, if you support me, if you sponsor me, you'll be included in a drawing to win prize X or prize Y. And we do have great prizes. We're going to have lots of gift certificates and gift baskets and all sorts of other 
really fun things for people to win. And that's really a great way to get all your friends and family pumped up and get them rallying behind you and getting some prizes along the way. And you could probably even design your own website, too, to specifically target what you're doing and and get people excited and interested and maybe see a little gas gauge of how much funds you've raised so far and days left till the marathon. Just make it really fun and interactive. Definitely. And actually, when people do join the team, they will be directed to a fundraising website where they can set up their own page. They can load up their own pictures. And if they want to put a video on there, they can. They can put their story on there um, so that everybody can sort of see what they're doing What I did last year, I actually set up a little blog uh, to let everybody know, only because my friends and family at the beginning, they they thought it was very unlikely that I was actually going to finish. They had very little faith in me. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Because they knew I was as far from being an athletic person as it comes. So they were able to track my progress through the journey that way, through the blog, and um, and as a result, they were. It, it's almost like they experienced it with me vicariously. They they got very excited and pumped up through the journey as they realized that I was actually going to do it. Mina, this is a terrific cause, and I think anyone who participates is really going to enjoy it on so many levels. Before I let you go, very quickly, what's the website? One more time. Uh, kittenrescue.org is the website to join, and if I may say, um, if there are any listeners who are thinking they're not quite up to uh, doing the marathon, we're also looking for donations uh, for the team. So if they go on the website, they can also make donations. Excellent. And we do have a Facebook page where we're going to be announcing all our little contests and all the fun things we have. And people can probably find that on the main website, but it's time to take our final break of the morning, but we'll be back with Pet Place News in a very quick moment. So please stay tuned to the Pet Place Radio Show here on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. The Orange County SPCA is proud to present its 14th annual Walk for the Animals on September 25th. Participate in the walk. Visit with Grand Marshal Snoopy. See the SoCal Disc Dogs perform. Enter a movie star look-alike costume contest with your pet. Try a mini agility course and so much more. Event day registration takes place from 7.30 to 8.45 a.m. And the official start time is 9 a.m. at lovely Huntington Beach Central Park East located at Golden West and Talbert Avenue behind the Central Library. For more information and early registration information, visit www.orangecountyspca.org. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Murray Hewitt. Please stay or new to your pets and have a wonderful day. (laughs) 